following podcast is for mature audiences only. It may contain explicit language or content. If you are under the age of 18, Fortnite is calling you. Plus, this podcast most certainly will contain nudity, and you don't want to hear that. Welcome to the New With Tags podcast. I'm Paul. And I'm Jamie. We are a longtime married couple enjoying the latest chapter in our lives. We hope that through sharing personal insights and the advice we'd give our 20-year-old selves, we will encourage you to live your most authentic life wherever you are in your journey. Hey, I thought this was supposed to be a sexy podcast. And yes, we will be sharing some fun and sexy stories while I wear my new with tags lingerie. Let's get started. What are we waiting for? Carpe diem. Seize the day. Hi, Paul. Hi, Jamie. What have you been up to today? I've been getting ready to do our first real podcast. It's a lot of work. It is. Our uh, 0.1 was to get to know you. It was a lot of work to put it together. Hopefully people get an understanding of who we are and why we're doing this. Yep, but we're on to episode number one. Number one. Are we ever going to like be like episode number 69? I think two would be pretty exciting <laughs> at this point. I have to agree. <laughs> It'll be posted in 2020, 2021, whatever it takes. (laughs) Okay. That was a very funny movie reference. We'll see who actually might remember that movie reference. We'll see if any of our tribe actually knows what that is. Our first segment is always on what's hot in social media. And so I picked something this week that I think is absolutely amazing. I think there's a lot to say about it. I don't know that you feel the same way I do. I do like it, although... You get fascinated by cats and puppies, and I'm not there either. I love puppy videos. No, you do. They're great. St. Bernard's pounding through the snow. It's great. I love love it. I'm a cat video and dog video girl. I am, for sure. One of the things that was hot this week was a video of two toddlers. They were like two years old. A little black boy and a little white boy. And they are running down the street just with absolute abandoned joy on their face. They are toward each other, toward each other. Yes. They were not running away from one another. <laughs> they were toward each other. That would be bad. That yes. would be bad. So they're running toward each other and they just have this sheer unabandoned joy and at seeing one another. And I think that is one of the, the really interesting things about this video. I'm going to try and play the sound of the video. I have no idea if it's going to work. This is what the little boy sounded like. So the little boy runs toward the other little boy and he's like, yay, my friend, my friend. And he's just so dang happy. You said he hadn't seen him for two whole days. It had been two whole days, Yeah. which is like dog years, I think, in toddler for time. When for when you're 24 months. Yes. Right. So they had, they were friends. They are friends. And they, I saw them on Ellen. They were on a lot of talk shows. We've seen them on CNN their video has been viewed like 27 million times. It's a lot of views. A lot of views. And I've, I mean, I probably watched it six or seven times mm-hmm. at least. I think it says a lot about where we're at today. That a video of two toddlers of different races running to each other with sheer and unabandoned joy at seeing one another. And then running off down the street with dads chasing them has resonated so much with the country. I, I, I find that really interesting. So there's a lot that 
friendship is resonating with people and it didn't used to. But, you know, even the dad said, I was watching an interview with him on CNN and he made the comment that it's kind of a shame that this is what resonates with people. This should just be how things are. One of the other things on social media this week that is along the same lines as what we've been talking about with the two little boys were two older boys, actually, who were spotted at a high school and they had noticed that another young man had been being bullied. And bullied by them beforehand. And and certainly laughed at. The one admits Mm -hmm. that he laughed at the other boy and that, you know, he realized after the fact, when he kind of went home and thought about it, that that was a bad thing. So the two young men brought him some clothing, right? Like a Gap sweatshirt and I don't know, can't can't report what all was in the bags. And then... You know, they they did not expect to be filmed. So it was somebody who actually one of their friends who's always got their camera on and is always videoing things in the hallway caught it on video. And it went viral simply because there were two people who understood that a third person was being bullied and they tried to do the right thing. They did do the right thing. And they apologized publicly to him, which made an impact on his his classmates. So what happened, as as I saw it happen, was that Ellen got a hold of this video. And they had told Ellen that one of the things that they wanted to do was surprise this young man who had been bullied with meeting Will Smith. So Ellen brings them on the show and they're, you know, they're describing what happened. And the next thing you know, Ellen's like, and here's Will Smith. And so Will Smith walks out and the, the boy who had been bullied absolutely just losing his mind. It was great. I mean, it's like, it would be how I would be. But what I thought was funny was the two boys, they they were football players. And as Ellen said, so you were popular. And they're like, we're football players. (laughs) But the two football players were trying to like, play it really like ultra cool. Like, we're not going to be at all impressed by the fact that Will Smith is walking out here to meet us and and talk to us. And we're just going to be super chill about it. So Will Smith gives them some, a, a swag bag. And in there's some things, evidently he's launching a clothing line or something. I, I don't know. It's very unclear. Uh, but the, the boy who had been being bullied is just so happy. He's like, it's like a kid at Christmas. He's like pulling out the shoes and like holding up the shoes for everybody to see. And then like he pulls out the socks and he's showing the socks. And it's just like going through this whole thing. And you know, Will Smith made a couple of comments to the to the boys who were caught doing good, for lack of a better way of saying it. And his comment was, you know, you guys have learned all the skills you need to learn in life. So the one young man who said that at first he laughed at the kid who was being picked on, and then he realized that that was wrong and he needed to find a way to apologize. You know, Will Smith points out that's at the moment where you self-corrected. You did something you realized it was wrong, you, and then you did something to correct it, which is a huge skill as as kids grow up and as as you enter adulthood as being able to self-correct going, okay, that didn't work. That was not appropriate. I need to apologize and change the way I think about something or the way I react to something. These football players are just really trying to be cool. And at one point, Ellen kind of calls them out on it. It cracked me up. I'm like, oh, this was just so funny. So then Shutterfly gives them each like $10,000 or something. I, I don't remember what the exact number was of money to, to go like to their college account. And it's it's not until that point that the boys that are trying to play it cool, like 
actually act like, and they're like 14 or 15 year old boys, actually act like they're 14 or 15 year old boys. It was just amazing to see. I like the fact that what goes viral are things that are the things we're supposed to do, right? As human beings, we're supposed to be kind to one another. We're supposed to uh, not look at skin color or sexual orientation or any of those things and just look at each other as human beings, as friends and starting out with this place of, I don't have to hate you because you are black, white, Hispanic, green, purple. The fact that those things go viral that are about just being human, I guess speaks to me at some level about hope, but at the same time, it's a little sad that those are the things that go viral. Yeah, that have to get national media attention just to accentuate the positive. Well, and not even media attention. I mean, these are things that are going viral on social media, right? There's 28 or 27 million views of two two-year-olds running toward each other because they're friends. It seems like we have this really a hunger or a thirst for the things that we know are really important in life. Are we about ready to move on to segment two? I think we are. Well, then let's move on. Why don't we start with what you would tell your 20-year-old self? So this episode's about me? It is about you. It's all about you. It's always about you. It's always about me. Our, Our listeners will soon know that. Dear Jamie... You've always had a large friend group, but just a select number of people you were close to. You will transition groups throughout your life. Each time that transition happens, you'll be sad that those people are leaving your life. The amazing thing is they never really leave your life. They continue to shape who you are and how you think well past the time that you see them. You will tell your new friends stories about your old friends. You will follow your friends through social media and be happy for them. You will have periods in your life where your friend group consists of parents of your kids' friends. You will miss having friends that you picked because you resonated with each other on a personal level. Hang in there. This too will pass. You will once again reach a point where you will pick your friends. You will gravitate to people who encourage you and allow you to live your most authentic self. You will have one friend that stays with you, Gracie. She's the one friend that transitions with you through all the stages the one person you've connected with since you were seven. You're lucky. Your friend groups will change and the transitions will be hard, but Gracie will always be there for you. And you will find your tribe. So believe it or not, I've done a lot of research getting ready for this podcast. And one of those things you found was a quote by C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis says, Friendship is born at the moment when one person says to another, What? You too? I thought I was the only one. I think that really summarizes how friendship has played a part in our lives as we have aged. Yeah, we can actually see people who think like we do along the way. And it's it's a light bulb moment going off when you see someone thinks like you or understands you. Whether they think like you or not, they understand you. Yeah. And with our different phases of friends throughout life, sometimes that's happened, sometimes it hasn't. Yeah, we very much had life stage specific friends. Yeah. Right. I mean, starting in high school. Yeah. But even before, but I'll, I'll start with the high school part. I went to a fairly large high school and there were a lot of cliques, social cliques. Um, 
the athletes, the smarter kids, the the band, the and then there was a a group that was kind of the eclectic group. I kind of put them sort of like a the Breakfast Club ish kind of group that was kind of their own own thinkers. I was fortunate enough to kind of float in and out of a lot of different cliques. I was probably in one or two of them, but it was at least welcomed into a lot. It was interesting to see how people perceived the friendships of people coming in and out of groups. What do you mean by that? I was an athlete, so parts of, you know, but I was on certain teams and not on other teams. And groups that weren't on the same teams would frown upon you. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Conversely, I was in the band, and there's lots of different instrumentation, and it was all one group versus sections, even though there were sections in the group. The most interesting group and the most welcoming was the the Land of Misfit Toys that I worked with and actually dated someone in high school. My high school sweetheart was in the group. You were welcomed with whoever you were, kind of the authentic self back then and not knowing it. I thought it was a group of really, really weird people, which it was. As case in point, they were way ahead of their time fashion-wise. They would, they would wear clothes that wouldn't come out for two to three years later, but it was viewed as really odd, and the rest of the groups didn't accept them. I, know, I, know, um, I showed up one day, and my girlfriend was wearing earrings that were owl's feet. That was unusual. It was what she wanted to do. Now, that in itself didn't bother me. I did wonder where the rest of the owl was, but I... I <laughs> Uh, but I looked next to her, and her best friend was wearing Barbie doll legs as earrings. Now, that was not fashionable then or now, but that was that was kind of interesting. But they accepted each other for what, whatever they were doing. When we met a friend group in college, it was probably 14 people, about half guys, half girls, that we would get together every evening meal. And my roommate and I could talk across the table in our gravelly little voices, and no one else could understand. Mumbles. They mumbles. weren't. They weren't gravelly. It was mumbles. You two mumbled to one another all the time. But we spoke the same language. I guess I still have to work on you not mumbling on the podcast. Yes, that's going to take some work. Because you are a mumbler. Yeah, and when I'm on the mic, I still like it's on the mic. It mumbles into the mic. Hmm. But our college friends, we got to meet some people that were. First friends, we got to pick ourselves, really. And independent, I mean, you and I weren't together. We just happened to be in the same group. I, I like that, getting to know each other that way as friends first. It was a really big group of friends that, ironically, five or six couples came out of that group that are still married to this day, which I find fascinating. That is interesting. Um, but that was kind of our first tribe, and we didn't know it at the time. Yeah, I wouldn't have called it a tribe at I the didn't time. I then. No, but it, but it was, I think. Probably. And then after we got together, we're married. We had another group of friends that were all in their 20s and 30s. The TNTs is what we call ourselves. Mm -hmm. That we got to know really, really well. And all of us were starting to have kids and kind of getting in the circles that go with kids and pulling apart. And it was kind of sad. So as we transitioned away from that friend group, we, we moved. So we had a bit of an abrupt disconnect from that group. But we had two kids and they were active in sports and other things like choir and drama and speech and all of those things. And our friend group became those parents of our children's friends. 
And that wasn't a bad thing. They were lovely people and it was an important chapter, but I never quite felt like it was somebody who I would have necessarily picked for myself as a friend, right? We never connected deeply with maybe a couple of them, but not very many. Yeah, mostly we didn't. I mean, Mm -hmm. we still had a pretty superficial relationship with them. I mean, we hung out with them, you know, especially when the kids were little and we'd be sitting at practices, right? They, you know, the moms would all sit and talk for 10 hours a week, two hour practices, five days a week, right? And, and those were interesting conversations, but they weren't really deep or authentic. And I, I miss that. I mean, it was, they were great people. But it was a time where I really felt like I was alone amongst a group of people. True. You didn't get to share your deep thoughts. It was very superficial. Same here. Being the sports dad was all about whatever play was happening, not the depth of how are you feeling? How's your family? What's going on in your life? So one of the really interesting things I found as I was doing some of the research, because you haven't let me talk about that yet tonight. It's true. I did all this research and you won't let me talk about it. So I'm going to figure out how to insert it as we go along. It's a podcast, not a class. I know, but it's still, this is about how do we help people become their most authentic self? So there was a professor at University of Maryland. He described friendships in a really interesting way that resonated with me, but not necessarily, isn't necessarily earth shattering. So he said, men's friendships tend to be shoulder to shoulder meaning they may sit and watch a basketball game or football game together and connect and talk during the breaks, during timeouts, um, halftime, those types of things. And women tend to forge face-to-face relationships where women share the more emotional content face-to-face. It was just an interesting take on it. Again, it was something that didn't surprise me, but it was an interesting way to think about it. Yeah, I never thought about the the shoulder-to-shoulder part with men particularly up through that phase of our life. It was next to someone at a kid's concert, at a football game, at sporting event, speech, graduation. So when you were, we'll go back to high school, because high school and early college Mm -hmm. um, is where you had people you would have, I think, described as your best friend. Yes. Right? So was that true with the people you would would have described that way? As the best friends, no. Um, there were probably a couple, one in high school, one in college, and still to this day, uh, that peeled the onion much deeper, where it was, how are you feeling? What is bothering you? Versus, hey, how you doing today? What's up? You know? Why was that, do you think? Curious. A, a connection with the person where we knew more about each other and we could express our vulnerabilities. Men don't do that very often. I find it interesting that you have one or two people that you would describe that way. Yeah, uh, up until probably two or three years ago. I probably didn't have more than one or two, but since then more. That then, which is interesting, we'll get there in a minute, but I find it really fascinating because as women, we experience life differently. We are, or have been, let's be honest, let's hope that things are maybe changing a little bit, but women traditionally are encouraged to feel and express their emotions with each other, especially, right? I mean, when girls are young, there is a type of play or a type of interaction that is just very different than what I saw from the male part of the species. And that is as girls, we would do each other's hair and do each other's makeup and 
we were very much more tactile than I saw boys being. Seeing girls with their arms around each other standing in the hallway wasn't as big a deal. If you saw guys in the hallway, they'd be more likely to be shoving each other. Punching shoulders, making fun of each other, you know, an early form of bullying. Mm -hmm. Um, It was more in jest and more accepted, but it was was a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. Um, The, if I can knock you down, I look a little better kind of mentality. Is it fun even if you're on the knocking down part? It's much more enjoyable when you can be on a level playing field. Yeah. And the vulnerability. Hey, I'll share my worst moment and you can share yours. Guys aren't taught that way early on, historically. I think this next generation is more so, but we weren't. Yeah, I, I think that's true. And I think, you know, I, I did an unofficial poll on Twitter and on Facebook. I asked the question, do you think friendships, your friendships have changed over the years? And the... Options were absolutely yes, sort of, or no, they're the same. And 85% of people who answered the Twitter poll said, absolutely yes, their friendships are different. So on Facebook, it's really interesting. Most all have said yes, that their friendships have changed. Some say without question. One said most certainly, for sure. One of my high school friends said, I think some people come into your lives for a season and some friends are here for a lifetime. Pretty astute as far as I'm concerned. Some of our sexy friends ask their husbands, have they? I think, I think it just goes to show that friendships change through time. And so with each transition, I felt a little death. Seems really strong and I don't know a better word. I'm trying to find a different word, but chapter closing. Yeah, but it was, I was not always, I mean, so as an avid reader, sometimes turning the page to the next chapter is really exciting, right? Like what's going to happen next? And that's a little bit of where I'm at right now in my life, right? What's next? But I don't think I always felt that way when I was younger. I would, you know, I left high school and went to college and I missed those friends. And I left college and went into adulthood and I missed those friends. And then we moved and I missed the my last group of friends that I had picked on my own. And then I had this group of friends I didn't know what to do with. And I probably squandered the opportunity, really. I think I squandered the opportunity to really get to know those people better than I could have. But I just never really felt the same level of... Connection? Connection. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are some that I'm really glad to see when I see them. There are others that I nod across the room and don't even remember which kid belonged to them, but I knew that they were friends of our son. And that was kind of where I lived for that season, for for that really long season. But then as we became parents of free range children, we were able to find a new group of people who were our friends, were our friends. And, And it was the first time I used the word tribe because that's kind of how I felt. This was a group of people who, even if I didn't know them, we've gone to hotel parties and met people who we had never met before, who we had not known or interacted with and had really amazing conversations. And at some level, even though we didn't know them, felt like we had known them for a quick connection because of commonality. Yeah. And it's really interesting. That's been the surprise in the lifestyle for me is that discovery of a new 
set of friends who you don't have to pull the punches with. So Gracie, who I mentioned in my letter to my younger self, is absolutely vanilla. She is not even, she's not even a twisty cone. Like, she's vanilla in a cup. A one scoop. She is one scoop vanilla. I love her. I love her. She's wonderful. I don't know what I would do without her. She would not understand where we're at. And, And that bothers me. She sort of knows where we go. Well, she knows where we go to vacation, which at some level ought to send her down a path to understand how we're exploring this chapter of our lives. How we're wired. And how we're wired. But the one thing that I did not understand before, before I experienced this, before I ever met this group of people, was that this lifestyle has brought us the ability to have friends that not only encourage us to be our authentic self, but celebrate it. Mm -hmm. And it's even going back to the earlier point, the friends we meet now, even particularly with the men, every conversation is a face-to-face versus a shoulder-to-shoulder. The only exception might be if their arm is around their spouse and we're side-by-side, but it is very open and vulnerable from the get-go with almost everyone we meet in life. What makes that different? It's not that way every in everyday life. Whether you're at work, it could start with a confrontation or just the, hey, how you doing kind of thing. The blinders are down from the get-go. Or maybe it's where we vacation when you go and there's clothing optional or clothing none. You start vulnerable. Yeah, but that's not just on vacation. True. That's true. And even if we meet somebody for dinner. It's just, I think there's the the knowledge of a common ground to explore. The baseline's different. Yeah, that's just, it's really interesting because I don't know how I, because I understand it. I see it, right? I see that in, I, I, I just, I see that across a lot of men. I don't, not just with you. I see that in a really fascinating way, right? If I were a sociologist, I would want to study that because men are allowed to shed what's the societal norm, right? That what is normal because we are living on the bounds, the out, outer edges of normal. You know, yes. I, I wonder I wonder if there is some subconscious understanding of that. I, I don't know. Maybe. I also think it, but most of the men and friends I've met seem to be more comfortable with who they are. Yes, and and less threatened than they would have been at a younger age. And think back to high school. Everything is threatening when you're in high school as a man, whether it should be or not. It just seems that way. Of you're always trying to prove yourself or do something. That's probably women too, to some degree, particularly at that level. I have to compete with this person and. It's it's comfort in your own skin, I think, that makes a difference. Huh. If you go into a conversation and you're comfortable with yourself, conversation is different. Whether it's with a friend, it's at work, it's in public. You know, that's just, it's just a different a different baseline. That's really interesting. I, I don't. It's a fascinating thing to explore, and maybe as we are around our tribe, you I know, can ask them. Yeah, it'll be something that we can explore. With them, because I, I, I absolutely see that to be a truism. It's it's different. The other thing I think that's really interesting about our lifestyle friends that I think surprised me when we fell into this, and we'll talk about how we fell into this lifestyle some other time. We don't have time today. But the thing that surprises me is that the people who we've met have primarily been happily married, like very happily married. And for a long time. And for a long time. 
like over 15 years. A lot of them are on their first marriage. I mean, I think that was also a bit of a surprise. I don't know what I expected. To be honest, I don't, I don't know think what I you expected. did. I mean, I think that was the deterrent in doing it. I don't think, I think you expected the opposite. Yeah, I, it was. I did too. Yeah, I didn't. I did not understand um, who these who these people were going to be. I didn't. I didn't have a clue. Did not have a clue. But I will tell you that I enjoy the friends we've made. I enjoy. I enjoy texting with them or kicking with them or sending inappropriate gifts back and forth. Sometimes that's my video chatting. Yeah, video chatting. But being able to put yourself out there with a group of people and not worry about, no, that's not true. I shouldn't say you can't, you don't, I don't, it's not that I don't worry about like, Ooh, did I cross a line? Because there have been a lot of times where I'm like, okay, look at this, Paul. Did I, if, if I send this, am I going to cross a line somewhere? Um, and it's not so much crossing a line from a relationship standpoint. It's crossing a line from a, this may be an exceedingly poor taste. Been there, done that. And then God, oh, I hope I didn't offend us. Oh, and then the worst thing is like you send something and then there's here for 48 hours. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I completely offended them. And that is not what I meant at all. No more drunk texting for me. No more drunk texting. There should be an app for that. There should be. But I enjoy having a group of people that I can flirt with and and encourage. And and I, I find really I enjoy encouraging my female friends, the females that I meet in this lifestyle, I realize still have all of the same problems that we bring from our vanilla life. We're a little more self-actualized, but really, and, and I enjoy, it's partly why we're podcasting because I enjoy sharing my story, sharing our stories, sharing my perspective to go, Hmm, wait, I'm not the only one. That's somebody else thinks that too. Mm-hmm. Somebody else is as messed up as I am. Yay. Yay. Hopefully not that messed up. Yeah. Also going back to the professor at the university of Maryland, he made the comment that as people age, as they get older, they value their time. And so they tend to choose people who they enjoy spending time with. And as we have gotten older and as we've had less time that we've had to spend doing things with or for our kids, we've been able to really say, who are the people that we want to spend time with? Who, who are the people that we want to, to share experiences with? And I think that's the other thing that the lifestyle friends have brought to us. All kinds of experiences, whether fun, playful, or just family experiences or seeing them do vanilla vacations and what they're, you know, the fun they're having fun to watch people have fun it is and we'll talk about that because that's kind of compersion it is so we've talked a lot about our friends and how friendships transition and that was part of what i wanted to tell my 20 year old self is that these transitions happen and while they are sad at the moment the next group can be bigger and better and that's a really pretty cool thing well you'd mentioned your your 20 year old self as we get into a story or two here, um, we had an interesting one not long ago where we ran into a vanilla person from your 20-year-old self while we were out with the lifestyle group. It was really enlightening. Why don't you share a little bit about that? So should we move on to our next segment then, our sexy story segment? Yes, let's do. Okay. 
So the first story is not necessarily sexy. We were out with some sexy friends, but it's not necessarily a sexy story. But I think because we've been talking so much about our friends and the transition between friend groups, I think this is kind of a fun one to share. Yeah, I think so too. So we were out at a bar uh, with a one of our sexy couple friends. And we were just drinking and having a good time. It was actually at a at a random bar. And all of a sudden, I see you stand up. And I'm like, what is going on? And I'm kind of looking at it and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And you shift just a little bit. And there in front of me was one of our friends from college who, oh my gosh, she was so much fun. A bundle of energy. She was a bundle of energy. She still is. And part, part of our original group of college friends that we talked about earlier. Absolutely. And so I saw her and I immediately sort of jump up and we're hugging and, and like we hadn't we really, we're, we're friends on Facebook, but we are not, we haven't seen them in, it had been probably 20 years, right? We probably had not seen them since we were early in college because we drifted apart as our friend group changed a little bit through college. And so, you know, she sits down next to me and we're just chatting and oh my gosh, she just, my energy level rose and, you know, we're just, we're talking and we actually ended up FaceTiming with, with one of your roommates. It was his birthday. So, you know, she's like, let's call him. And I'm like, okay, let's call him. And we're in this super loud bar. I have no idea what that sounded like on the other end, but we were like, Hey, happy birthday. And I, I, it was interesting because I said to you later that I kind of fell back into the dynamic that she and I had in college. She was a bit of an instigator and I have a few of those in the, in my life I have now. Several of those now. But there was no question that when she said, Hey, let's FaceTime him, I'm like, Okay. Now, my rational adult brain, like my grown up brain, said, It's really loud in this bar. He's never gonna be able to hear us. What am I thinking? But that rational part of my brain was so quiet that I didn't even hear it. Gave uh, in to peer pressure. I gave in to peer pressure. And so, you know, we laughed our way through that call and we laughed our way sort of through a drink or two at the bar with her and her husband. And I was sitting there and, and I, I had this moment because on one side of me was a female friend I had when I was 20. And on the other side of me was this female friend who I met just recently in, in this lifestyle. And I thought this, it was, it was a really interesting moment for me, not in a bad way, but all of the wonderful things that I felt when I was with this college friend, the uninhibited joy, the idea of just having fun and not really caring what other people thought that I had at 20. And this filter kind of came on me between the age of about 20 and about three years ago. And so for 20 years, I had this filter that told me how I was supposed to behave in society. I wasn't supposed to be my most authentic self. I wasn't supposed to have pure, unadulterated joy and a freedom of feeling. That was just not something that society told me I was allowed to have. And so I was sitting bookended, bookended between 
someone who brought out as close to my authentic self at 20 and someone who saw my most authentic self now. And that was a really cool moment. It was like just your face lit up and you couldn't even describe how you were feeling at the time. It was, what'd you say, un- unadulterated joy. I think yeah, that's probably what it was. It was because it was such a surprise. They mm-hmm. literally, we had no idea that they were going to be there. She recognized you first and... I was just like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in so long. And I felt a little bit, okay, so I'm going to throw it back. I felt a little bit like that little toddler running toward their friend. Yeah, that's a good point. You were. And maybe that's why it resonated with me because I'm like, my friend, my friend. The hug and the giggle were just like that. Maybe that's why it resonated. Could be. Makes sense. And even just to watch the hug. You couldn't let each other go for a while. Like, we missed each other for 20 years. I'm not going to let you go again. You know, kind of had that pull to it. It absolutely did. And the person you FaceTimed, who was my best man, texted later that night. He goes, that made his entire year. It wasn't just his birthday. It made his entire year because he hadn't seen you two together in since college. That was fun. That was fun. And then we actually got to relive a lot of the stupid things we did in college. <laughs> with our new friends. Yeah, with our new friends. But even after the fact, right? And and that was the epiphany for me, was that I thought I had found my authentic self later in life. And what I started to realize that night was that when I was 20, I was closer to my authentic self than I was in the intervening 20 years. It wasn't like I discovered my authentic self. It's like I rediscovered my authentic self. And that was the best part because I thought about some of the adventures that I had in college. And they were the times where I just threw caution to the wind. Didn't care what other people thought. I didn't care what other people thought. And it took me a long time to find that again. Yeah. And we did care for a lot of years I mean, because of where we were with kids, with other friends of, oh, it matters what other people think. Well, it wasn't our most authentic self. Yeah, it really wasn't. Oftentimes, I have that filter in place, right? I don't want to make other people uncomfortable. I'm a rule follower. I'm all of those things. And I'm still those things. Really? But Yes, really. But there was a time where there were five or six of us, five or six couples who had dinner together. And we were that obnoxious table. Oh, more recently. Yes. Yes, much more recently. Yes. Um, I remember there was five of us, five couples, so ten of us all together, that were out at a restaurant. Fortunately, it was sparsely attended, but all in the lifestyle, at least varying degrees of it. And it started out as, hey, what about this? What about that? And it became a, I'll say a truth or dare without the dare. It was, hey, has anybody ever had sex in public? Ooh, you know, the hands go up. Oh, we did. And they would share a story. Oh, who's, who's been caught having sex by their kids, you know, or their parents? Was that everybody? It was most. It was most. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, who's had a threesome? And like, tell us more. And then it was, you know, kind of, I'll say four of the couples were kind of sharing different stories and be like, ooh, that's interesting. And there was a quiet couple down at the end who were actually co-workers of one of the other couples who was very chatty. And out of the blue, they're like, who's part of the Mile High Club? And we're like, no, no, never done that. Like, really? We've done that. And then they go into detail on the story of a commercial airline in the middle of the night, more than once, 
and were just jaws are dropping. But the, the best expression was the coworker sitting next to them, just staring blankly, like, "You did what?" And why do I need to know that? Oh, yes, why? Yeah, you're elaborating a little too much, sharing too much. Um, but the, but that was pretty fun. Yeah, the the whole wow, tell us more. And it was the tell us more. That's an interesting story. That that was so much fun, and and we did laugh and laugh loudly. I think my favorite part of that evening was because we were way off color, sharing way too much. The servers, because we were big at the table of 10, so they had two servers. That was the best service we've ever had in our lives because they were attentive and laughing and kind of going, hmm, anything else we can help you with? Keep talking, keep talking. Hmm, then they would go away laughing. I'm like, okay, that's really fun. So, but they were really, they were really good servers. They were really good service, and we did get really good service that night. But that was, again, very reminiscent of sitting, having our meals together. We weren't quite as off-color back then, but having meals together with our friends and just laughing. I'm very grateful that this chapter of our life has really brought a lot of laughter. It has. That's the best part of anything. Oh, my gosh, it is. And And we can laugh at things we can laugh at each other we can just laugh stupid things stupid things and some not some not so stupid things but funny things so oh my gosh and we have some really funny friends we do Uh, i can't wait to tell the tell our tribe the story of uh being sick on vacation and every time something funny would happen i would cough and i i never realized just how much fun i had on vacation until i did that so and you coughed every 15 seconds oh at least yes yeah i felt like i had the plague but we'll talk about that some other time so we we've told a couple of fun stories mm-hmm. why don't you tell a sexy story <laughs> great why do i have to tell the sexy story you're so much better at storytelling than i am you know i suck at this all right i'll that's, give it a shot that's that's why i could never be a hot wife because i would never be able to tell you the story i just suck at it yeah Okay, I'll give it a shot. We did have one sexy story we could share, and it actually, it was the first time we got, not to meet a couple, the first time we got to know a couple. Um, we drove to meet them. We'd actually met them on vacation several months before, and like, oh, let's just go have dinner. We had dinner, and we found out they really never had a chance to share their lifestyle story with anybody. They've been in the lifestyle for six or seven years, and the light bulb just like, oh, we can talk now. So it was just kind of this, oh, let's talk. So we talked. So we went for, let me back up. So yeah, maybe I can't maybe tell Maybe you can't tell the story very better. We went to a restaurant and had a very, it was a very vanilla restaurant. And we, we sort of like, okay, how are we going to sit? Right. It was, that was part, that was the first question. Right. So we were at a high top table and the other woman and I sat down sort of next to one another. And I'm like, y'all, you boys can fend for yourself and figure out who sits next to who. Right. And so we ended up swapping who we sat next to. So you sat next to to our friend's wife and he sat next to me. So we were we were boy, girl, girl, boy. Um, so the guys were sitting next to one another and the girls were sitting next to one another, but we were not sitting next to our spouses, which seemed very scandalous in this very vanilla restaurant. So we sat there and we're trying to tell these stories because, you know, when you have a group of 10 and you get loud, you can sort of blend in with the crowd and you're just one of 10. But with with just another couple, we felt like we had to like really keep our voices really down. Keep it quiet. We yeah, we just were keeping our voices down and and we'd stop every time the servers came up and and then we would look at each other and laugh because it was just ridiculous, mm-hmm. right? Because we're all grown adults. And then after that, we're like, well, let's take this someplace else. <laughs> 
because we really wanted to talk. We were we, we were having a really enlightening conversation. Yeah, really getting to know them. It was mm. it was a, a time of really just sharing everything from our kids, the whole gamut of of our lives. It was not just about sexy stories, although that was kind of fun. So we ended up um, going back to their place, talking. At, we made a couple of drinks. We were sitting around talking. I may not ever have another martini and look at it the same way again. <laughs> they got to share their story. And we got to share ours, which we'd never done before. Of How did we get into this? Mm-hmm. Um, and both stories were really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, it led to getting in the hot tub, which was... Because we may be the only people in the lifestyle that don't have a hot tub. We do not have a hot tub. Jacuzzi tub, but not a hot tub. But not a hot tub. Yeah. But it was... Oh, it was late. It was freezing... It's the middle of winter here in the Midwest. And, yeah, so freezing in the hot tub. Conversation went on for hours and a lot, lot of sexy talk, a lot of sexy interaction. but the, Lots of flirting. Lots of flirting. And surprisingly, not thinking about the temperature, hair's wet, hair frozen and almost brittle and breaking off. It was just, it was funny and sexy at the same time. Like, oh, that's odd. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So she and I both have longish hair. Mm-hmm. And so just from being, you know, when you're cold, you're submerged up to your shoulders as much as you can. And we were, we were talking with one another and, and we started just, you know, kissing and playing. And they had this really amazing blue light in their jacuzzi. Yeah, the ambiance was The ambiance was amazing. And we, we were, you know, just kissing and we ended up at one point, we ended up going back and, and I was I was kissing you and, and straddling you and she was kissing him. And we kind of both, both couples had made their way to the middle of the hot tub. And she and I had our backs pressed up against one another really while hot. we were making out with our own husbands. And it was one of the most erotic things that has ever happened. I mean, that's one of our, my most erotic experience. And it was very, I mean, it was lifestyle, right? Because we were in a hot tub naked with two other people, but we were experiencing it with our, yes, with our own spouse. And I can remember you grabbing my hair, like putting, trying to put your hands in my hair. And that was when you realized that it was full of ice, right? It was literally frozen solid because it was probably zero Fahrenheit outside. I mean, it was really, really cold. The hot tub was nice and warm. I was not cold at all. I'm always cold. And I just remember you going like you were, I can remember your hands up in my hair and sort of feeling the ice because it was kind of a chunk of ice because just long, long string. There were icicles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're like, it's cartoonish. It was, but you're like, this, this is, actually is hot. Really hot. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was complete soft play, right? We, we really, we had a great time just, you know, kissing and touching and playing and, you know, not doing anything beyond soft, but I, and we'll talk about it certainly as people hear these podcasts, some of our most erotic, enjoyable, memorable times have been around soft swap, soft play, parallel play. One of, we'll talk, we'll have to tell that story sometime too. The lighting is always a big factor. The lighting, but the lighting. Whether we want it to be or not, it just has an extra added effect. But you always were that way. Yeah, I've always been that way. I can remember being in our first apartment and the tennis courts were outside the window and you had like the slatted blinds Mm -hmm. in your bedroom window and you just had this, the orange light and the shadows and the the playing of off the yeah. skin. So yeah. 
And while we would play, I could see our shadows playing. It's the first parallel play we actually had, but it was just us. Me. Me and my and shadow. And my oh. shadow. <laughs> that, that'll do it. <laughs> and on that note. What <laughs> is a note? Karaoke will not be part of our play moving forward. Sexy karaoke might work. <laughs> It might not. <laughs> okay, maybe not that song. <laughs> Doing the butt. <laughs> and on that note, I think it's about time for us to go get some dinner and play. Let's play. Let's play. Good night, Paul. Good night, Jamie. How can they get a hold of us? So folks can find us on Twitter. We are at New Attacks Podcast. They can also find us on Instagram as New With Tags Podcast. Or you can email us at newwithtagspodcast at gmail.com. We look forward to your input as we move forward in this podcast. We'd love to have your feedback. We'd love to have your stories. If you want to be part of our tribe, please reach out to us. <laughs>